Hello, Vitamizers. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast brought to you by MSW Nutrition here in Austin, Texas. My name is Allison and your co-hosts for this show are John Mendoza, otherwise known as Nurse Doza, and Baldo Garza, otherwise known as Tex-Mex Yogi on Instagram. I'm very excited about this episode. I got to be in-house for this one, so I got to join in on the conversation a little bit. And it's a topic we don't talk about much, so I'm excited to share it with you. But before I introduce our lovely guest, this podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date with their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. We also have a brand new online workout community called Online Workout Badasses, where we have three donation-based Zoom workout classes a week and an amazing community of people who are all working to be healthier together. Please join below in the show notes. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more about Flabs to Fitness at www.flabstofitness.com. Okay, so Elsa Morick is a dating coach here in Austin, Texas, and she actually, we talked talked about relational health because for her, it's much more than just dating now. It's when you're in a relationship or how you just deal with other people, like any relationship in your life, not necessarily a romantic one. So very interesting conversation. We got into a lot of different topics and modalities, and I think this is something that's still confusing for a lot of people, myself included. So I had a lot of questions, (laughs) and uh, John and Baldo and I kind of each popped in with some personal experience and questions from what we're currently dealing with or experiencing or have experienced in the past. Um, This is definitely a topic that isn't discussed nearly enough, and it's just kind of on the rise. So it was very cool to talk to Elsa, who is clearly a pro at what she does. Very insightful, and I'm excited for you to listen. Here is Elsa Morick on the How Do You Health podcast. Well, uh, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. It is Wednesday morning. I keep saying that I love this Wednesday 9 a.m.s, right? And uh, today we're going to be talking to Elsa Morick. We're going to talk about relationship, relational health, dating. And she's a dating coach. Uh, we have Allison here. We have Nurse Doze here, and Tex Mix Yogi here as well. And so we're going to go ahead and get this party started. So um, yeah, let's talk about the things. The relational. Relational relational health. health. We have everyone on here for their story into health and wellness. And relationships are a whole other aspect to wellness and health, right? And so you have to have an established relationship with someone you trust, and then you have to nurture it just like anything else. You have to build on it. You have to work on it all the time. So what has your approach been now even recently as everyone's kind of gone more digital or online? Like, how are you bridging the gap? Yeah, so with my clients or for myself? Well, yeah, like, let's start with, like, how did you get into this? Like, why did you want to do this in the first place? Yeah. Cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to target both questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how I got into this, I've always been the go-to person for relationships ever since I was very young. Um, when I was, I remember being, like, 15 years old and staying at my aunt's house in Lebanon 
and she'd just like one of the aunts I'm closest with and she'd like have a fight with her husband and she would come and like she'd first she'd go vent to her friends and then she'd vent to her mom and then she'd vent to my mom and then she'd vent to me and like everyone else would just only validate her perspective but I was the only person who was like okay but have you also thought about his perspective and like where he's coming from because I always like instead of villainizing him I always saw both parties and I both like I saw their arguments on both sides and I was like what if you tried this that way you know you would show him that you also understand how he feels and long story short I became that person for a lot of people like that one person that was like giving them another perspective and once you get results once you kind of start depending on that person so I had a lot of people depending on me and I remember just being exhausted as a teenager giving relationship advice <laughs> to everyone I know and so like as an adult um, I had I was very confused about what my career path was I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur I didn't know what kind my parents are both uh, pretty traditional my mom's a doctor my dad's an engineer so they weren't very supportive of entrepreneurship um, and so I just remember like being in Ikea one day when I first moved to Austin, just like breaking down, crying on the phone. I was talking to my friend and I was like, why is it that like my dating life is always so smooth, but I have no clue what I'm doing with my professional life. And then he was like, well, not a lot of people can say that. So maybe you should help people with their dating lives. And I was like, no, that sounds silly. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, why? Who would pay for that? And then um, I was like, it's just straightforward. Like, you just, you do it. And then he's like, I don't think it's straightforward for a lot of people. <laughs> so anyway, he planted a seed. And um, years later, I knew I wanted to be a coach of sorts. I had at least narrowed it down that much. And um, I started out as a life coach. And soon I was kind of just like, you know what? I'm tired of being a generalist. I've known for a while that dating is really what I want to be doing. I was already blogging about it. I was already still giving free advice about it. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. Uh, so I made the decision and it, like I, I immediately started getting results. Um, I immediately was having like quite a bit of business and I was like, cool. Like people actually do need help with this. But I think the real, like, for me, the real pivot in my journey was on Valentine's Day that just passed. Um, I went through a breakup on Valentine's Day, and it was so ironic. It was it's like the beginning of June now for those of you listening. Yes. So it's a couple months ago. Yeah, and it was like, oh, so interesting, the irony of a dating coach going through a breakup on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, was, I completely lost my confidence. I was just like, this is... I don't know how to reconcile the fact that I just went through this breakup on Valentine's Day at my own party. Um, and I just, I didn't think I could like come out of it again. And I was very like embarrassed for a while. And I was just, I basically put myself through my own three month program. I was like, you know what? It's an opportunity. Let me just heal and put myself through this program that I put all these other clients through. Um, so I did that. And I, back to your question, like, I realized that I was actually not in the healthiest relationship before that, and uh, there was a lot of evidence in my body of that. I had a lot of gut issues, a lot of gut issues, a lot of inflammation, um, a lot of skin issues, and I don't want to say it's all because of the relationship, but I think a lot of it was, and after putting myself through my own program and holding myself accountable to everything I hold my clients accountable to, I met my now partner, and I'm just like... It makes sense <laughs> because I feel a lot healthier, um, you know, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, everything. So. Right. That's so crazy. I just yeah. always think like when I, cause like, it's funny, like, uh, you know, you know, my boyfriend Alex and like, he's, he's much more like on the mental health, spiritual health side of things. And it's still like for me, I've just always like naturally kind of felt those connections. So I've never really felt the need to like seek out any ways to train up to that. And so for me thinking of like basically anything outside of health coaching for me is so confusing because like I'm certified personal trainer and nutrition coach. So like I understand the science behind those things and I understand how those work. So when I've really started seeing the past couple of years, like relationship coaches, dating coaches, sex coaches, like all those different things. I've just been so confused by it. And the thing that I think about most often is like, how does it feel when those people deal with their own relationship yeah. issues? Because for me, the equivalent is like, oh, being a trainer who suddenly gains 20 pounds and doesn't know why, you know? And so like, it, that's not maybe a perfect example, but that's so interesting. And I really appreciate you sharing that because it's like, 
at the end of the day, we're all human and a yeah. relationship is two people, not just one. So that must be like a more difficult thing to coach in certain ways, especially in your own life. Because what, like you what, can coach yourself as much as possible, but what if your partner doesn't want to reciprocate? Yeah. Well, it's funny because my like, question would have been like, did you go through a lot of bad relationships where you finally figured it out? It's like, well, now I need to coach people. But it seems like it was a little bit of the opposite. Like, it's like it was you just saw it pretty naturally. So, I, I mean, I think a bad relationship is like a subjective term because sure. it's super contextual. But I think for me, like what the challenge was in the past was that I wasn't very self-aware. So I was projecting a lot on the other person and um, I also just wasn't selecting properly. So like it's not that they weren't great guys because they were. They were all in and of themselves great people. They just weren't great for me. Like we just didn't mesh on all the on all the levels that you should mesh in a relationship. And when we did mesh, I didn't see that and I would end it over something very trivial. Mm-hmm. And so now I understand as an adult looking back like that relationship actually had a lot of great things that I overlooked, which mm-hmm. it's fine. No, no regrets or anything. But um, I think that's what it was. So, like, it, it was bad in the sense that I just wasn't very aware. Sure. But I think that I, it, I used to think about relationships in a sense that you have, like, a predetermined time with each person you meet. Mm. And so it's not necessarily that, like, it's a failure that a relationship ended. Yeah. It's like that's what you got out of it, really. And you hate to look at it that way, but it's true. Like, there's degrees on friendship. Right. And when you have a relationship, I think you take from it. And it's been interesting because I've been married for, well, I've been together with my wife for a while now. And so, like, I see Baldo and, like, you know, him dating and everything because he's my best friend. That's like, I see it from a different perspective. Right. And it's interesting because what I've seen with him is that the different girls he's dated, they all do something different to help him grow as a person. Yes. And I think that's, I don't see it that way. But he doesn't see it that way. <laughs> so, so it's to me, it's like how come I how come I can't make this work? Like, but but, I, but yeah. that's how his mindset is in business. So his relationship with the his spouse or significant other is the idea that it's like okay, well then I'm just tell me what the problem is, I'll fix it. And the issue is is like it doesn't work out that way because relationships sometimes like you're not going to change a person, right? So you shouldn't fight that. And if you accept that person for who they are, that's love, right? Yeah. And, and then you, you grow with that person. It's done with after six months, maybe a year. And you say, okay, cool. The first part of the relationship afterwards, you initially are kind of it's the grievance or you're pissed off or whatever reason it ended. You get past that. You take the emotions out of it and you reflect on it a few months later and say, you know what? There's some good stuff out of there. I learned this about myself. I learned this about the other person. Like in these times when we were arguing, maybe next time I should probably do this. Right. And then the next thing is the next relationship. You don't you don't relate it to that same person. Right. You just relate it to the situation. Right. Yeah. Because you don't want to compare like you're a different person. Obviously, your frequency changes six months down the road because you grew as a person. Now you attract someone different. You know, it's credible because like Allison dating Alex right now, when we first met, would you have dated someone like that? No. <laughs> exactly. Right? But now the way that her whole journey's gone in the past yeah. three, four years we've known you, it's like, wow. Right? And so it's a different mindset. He'll attract someone different. You attracted someone different. Right? No, I, I get what you're saying. And when I look to when I look back to my past, I realize how it's like a domino, like a domino effect. Like every single thing had to happen for me to meet my now partner, which honestly, like kind of like you, I'm just like whoa, like this is exactly where I'm at right now on my journey. And it's great to see that reflected back to me. Um, But I think to Baldo's perspective, I think I understand, like I'm very inquisitive and I, and I need to understand like what can be improved. I'm I'm all about like refining. So it's not that um, things don't happen the way they're supposed to, because I believe they do. I believe there's a higher, uh, you know, infinite source of intelligence that's always orchestrating and that's always like leading you in the right direction. But I think that it's also important uh, to understand why things happened and how you contributed to them so that you can continually refine. Yeah. So that's, that's where like, that's where I do a lot of the work with my clients. Like I still believe in the magic of them, you know, meeting someone without even expecting it. But when that happens, I want them to have the self-awareness and the ability to discern that way they're still like moving in the direction of their ultimate highest potential. That was actually going to be my question. Like, I, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned like a three month program and like, 
uh, before the show, you mentioned that you're kind of stepping in and helping current couples. Um, so like my first question is like, do you do like if someone is single and they come hire you, like, do you do a lot of self work for them first before you ever are like, here's some ways to make dating effective? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's, uh, the, it's a three phase process. It's self-awareness strategy and then selection okay so before we even like set up their dating profiles or talk about where they're meeting people like i need to know their past i need to know their patterns um i need to know like why it hasn't worked out i need to know what they're looking for like i make them write it down to the t because they always end up attracting it which is very interesting that's so cool um so like before we even get into like what they're doing, I need to know like who they are and, and how they're showing up in the world, their frequency. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of self-awareness and, and I always tell them like, that's the one step that you're going to keep going back to. Like even when you're in the relationship, that's the one thing that you're going to have to keep coming back to because that's what you need to keep the relationship going and thriving. It's so easy to slip back into default. Like patterns so have you seen a lot of people like go through this and realize like oh these are the actions i've been doing and that's why like i haven't attracted this ideal person that you had me write down yeah so then you kind of work on like behavior change for them to figure out how they can meet that person totally yeah i mean change is very complex like human change is very complex um baldo probably appreciates this but like forming a habit it's like it's not easy if you've continually been the type of person that even when you're being ignored by someone that you like, you're willing to go the extra mile Mm -hmm. and like send messages to try to reconcile. Um, And you're just used to being that person who's always picking up everyone else's slack. It's going to feel very weird for you to set a boundary. Yeah. And to, and, and to start like, you know, saying no to people, even though they have this alluring personality, but they're obviously not showing up for you. Saying no to them is going to feel very foreign. It's like, but I, but I mean, I know, like, I know he's busy, but like, I, I know she like, you know, has another business and it's like, yeah, but they're not showing up for you. That's and totally been my That's, what, you, that's what you've done in the past and yeah. it hasn't worked. So, you know, let's try this. And it's like, it's going to feel very weird, but that's, that's the cool thing about change. It has to feel weird. It has to feel very uncomfortable. And then once they start to get feedback from their life, they're like, oh, okay, this kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> so stepping out yeah. of your comfort zone. You totally. Right? Yeah. So much of it. Yeah. Did you have a question? No. I okay. was just looking at him. <laughs> John's just trying to send Baldo subliminal messages. It wasn't on a turn on to Baldo and everything, but the idea is that it's, it's just, I observe, right? Because the relationship that I have, it's something that I know it's like, I have to work at it every day. Baldo on the flip side, he, you know, tells me what he sees, right? And he's like, okay, so this is what you got to do. Make sure you take time for vacation. Make sure you take the time on the weekend. He's offered to watch the kiddos so we can go out. I mean, it's, it's really cool. So it's, it's something like when you, think that you're going to take on the world and you're going to make a change and you see like all the big names throughout the course of history that may have made a revolution there's always someone by their side or there's someone that they've thought about or that they keep in a special place that motivates them or inspires them but understands them and allows them to continue to continue to grow as a person the idea is that just because you're growing and you develop a relationship with someone and and all of a sudden you're different than you were 10 years ago doesn't mean it's a bad thing the idea is that the person you meet will accept you for who you are and all your downfalls and all your pitfalls and the things that make you go crazy and drives them nuts at the same time but then for some reason you understand it right it's like i just get it like i i can't help you i figure this out in a relationship being married this long sometimes a woman just wants to just talk and have you listen and not fix the whole thing yes. and it's like when they say something it's that time where you're like in, in, like me and Baldo think like alright we're going to fix the problem like I know what to do <laughs> right there's a problem here's a solution and it didn't happen that way because they're like I didn't want to have you tell me what to do exactly I'm just telling you this is what I'm going through that's very much a male of your versus female yeah. psychology thing. Totally. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Allison Armstrong, but she's very concise and very clear. She's got several really good books about male psychology and female psychology. She started out studying men, actually, because nice. she was like, why do I keep fucking up my relationships? And like, <laughs> why can't I? Um, but she's a researcher. And so she nice. like did the thing. And um, yeah, highly recommend her books. But um, yeah, I, that's actually a good question then. Like, do you work like with the you said you have like a men's mastermind that you're starting so you work with like the two genders separately and you do work on communication styles for them 
Yeah, I work on them both separately, and uh, I'm actually soon going to be pairing them up. Okay. So I'm going to be doing, like, a female mastermind and a male mastermind, and within that, there's going to be, like, mock dates, and they're each going to go on, like, otherwise seemingly real dates, and they're going to give each other feedback. Um, that's so that's cool. going to be really cool. And I want them to have like an ongoing relationship. Like it'll be kind of like an accountability partner, but also mm -hmm. someone that they're getting to know and they're actively giving feedback to. So uh, I want them to start practicing and understanding how the other works because I feel like I have a very unique window into the minds of men and women. And it's to help me so much with my relationship because I understand like, I mean, after you talk to like several dozens of men at a time you're like okay i see a pattern here like mm -hmm. this is how you know this is the masculine this is the feminine and this is how they interact and this is why sometimes they miss each other like what you were saying like trying to fix that used to that used to irk me a lot too in relationships where like i would share something and i don't need you to fix it i'm a coach like i know how to fix my own problems like i know how to like sit down and create a framework and that's not what i need help with i just need like a space to share it yeah you know? Yeah, the the I, I'm gonna send you Dr. Armstrong. Yeah, stuff. I want to check her um, out. It's seriously That's like cool. I listen to them all on Audible, and they're all like three or four hours a piece, so they're nice. not long. Um, but uh, yeah, especially she's got one called The Amazing Development of Men, and it talks Ooh. about like she has studied thousands of men and actually like made just a loose framework for like the cycles of life that all men seem to go through. And nice. this book is like a transcription of a lot of different presentations she's done too, where like she goes and presents these things, and she has like all of these men in the audience say, oh my God, that's it. You're right. You nailed it. Like all that stuff. And even just different points in life where like certain men might want to find their, what she calls their uh, princess early and like build mm. the kingdom together until they're kings and queens. <laughs> and then others, it's like maybe they want to become a king before they move the queen in. Like they want to build their kingdom first and then bring it in. So it's like, and she uses I royal terms. So it's like really respectful. I don't know. John's laughing yeah. at me. But I, I, know, I, I love like, that. Well, I just hear like my sister as voice in, in, in my head right now because she's like very particular about her schedule mm -hmm. and like organized and so like her deal is like well I'm gonna meet my guy at this and then we're gonna do this and he's gonna be like this and it's funny because I, I like I I met my wife and it was like love at first sight so it was one of those random things like I just kind of knew like they're crazy about yeah, each other and so I was like all right it makes sense fell in love and then you just grow which is like weird right but it it does just happen it yeah. didn't like, and I know that's kind of random, and that's why I appreciate you talked. We talked gratitude earlier. I, I'm, I still picture that night in my head, like it's very vivid. I remember all the sequences leading up to it, even the conversation, that initial like you watching a movie, and it's just this. It's not like small talk. It's really like you kind of get to know each other within the first five minutes, and you're like, all right, I like this person. You know, it's kind of cool. And it doesn't happen like that all the time. From that standpoint, I get that, right? So I'm, I'm grateful for it. But just the idea that. If a guy's going to be looking for something particular, it's almost an influence of, like, who he grew up with as parents sometimes. It's going to influence what they're looking for in a significant other, right? Oh, that's going to influence everyone. Right. Yeah. So, like, a mom that was smothering, right? They're going to look for someone that eventually is like, you're going to do everything for me, right? Or the opposite, someone who's very independent. Could be, right? And so it's... It's very, like, you don't understand that from someone until you start to get to know them, right? And it's just, like, at past the first two months of dating, right? Past the first six months, and you're like, huh, you're very different than me, and you think differently, right? At that point, I think that's where it becomes uh, where you either accept or you, you decide, like, is this something I want to put up with, right? And, yeah. I think, and I think that's fine, right? Because a relationship, there's times when people will say, like, if you're an adult about it, you're just like, you know what? I don't think it's working out. Like, it's not driving, I'm done. Like, are we cool? I'm friends. What's been interesting about Baldo is he's been, like, good friends with all his exes. Yeah, because, me too. Because, yeah. Because, because just being open, because he's very open about everything, right? So he'll talk to someone, and he's like, I'm an open book. Here's all my thoughts, blah, blah, blah. If we're not cool with that after a while, that's fine. But I think even in a relationship, people accept that because regardless of it, you still got to say, all right, regardless if I'm weird or not or I'm different than you, this is what I believe. Right. This is who I am. And I, I just I find it fascinating now that all of that is kind of being left because of things going online and you don't have the physical contact like you're not going to a bar like y'all are healthy. So you're not going yeah. to bars meeting people. 
Right. I know, like, so, well, Elsa did a talk here about, yeah. like, like mindful dating in the swiping yeah. era. So that's, like, I think something that you're really good at. Yeah. Yeah, and let's connect back to that because you, you brought that up in the beginning. Um, so I think that, like, I, I think that meeting people online, like, whether it's Instagram or a dating app, I, it's just an introduction tool. Everything that happens beyond that point still has the power to end up in a very great relationship. And actually, something that I'm teaching my clients right now is um, your your goal on a dating app is not to impress everyone there and uh, to be the most desirable person on the app. Your goal is to create connections. So that looks very different than a profile that's trying to impress. Um, they found they've done studies and they've they found that yes, like women with great pictures and men who are very tall have the most matches. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't translate into relationships. So they, what they found were the couples, the happiest couples that met from dating apps, they all had one thing that, uh, they had all, all had one thing in common on their profiles. And can you guys guess what that one thing is? They all had one thing that was common on their profiles. Music, uh... I don't even think it'd be faith. I was going to say, I think it's what they're looking for. I think they're clear about what they're looking for. On you their profile. Faldo? I have no idea. So they had the most writing on their oh, profile. Oh, so they include the most text. They include the most text. So, like, they use all the characters. They're very descriptive. Um, you get, like, a very clear picture of who they are based on how much they've written. And those are the ones who do the best on dating apps. And it's because they're creating connections. They're not just trying to impress other people. So I actually do believe that dating apps can work really well, but I think it's all about how you use them. You need to be consistent. Um, you need to do your best to make yourself into a 3D person, not just like a, t- a 2D, uh, perfectly seeming you know, persona. You need to be like a person. You need to really like write all the, I always tell my clients, like fill out every single character. And really your about me should be about the person you're trying to attract. <laughs> it's kind of like a website. That's cool. One of the first things I learned when I was building my website is that your about me page is not really about you. Um, it's about the reader and how they can connect with you. It's the same thing on a dating profile. So I think that if you are doing that and you're creating genuine connections, even though it's digital, you still have an opportunity to meet some really great people. I agree with that. And that's something like you and I have both been involved with a digital dating show. Um, Elsa was co-hosting Pandemic Love when it first started, and it was really fun. Um, There's a dating app called The Round. Um, But I mentioned that because like this is a conversation I've had a lot with those contestants and with some one of my best friends I met on a dating app. And he and I just don't click romantically, but we have like the best conversations and like we help each other with business stuff and all that. And and so um, one of the conversations I had with a lot of our pandemic love participants was like, even if I don't end up dating any of these people, like I want all of their contact info because we had great conversations and like, we can just be friends. Exactly. And in my head, it's like, why don't we treat dating apps more like that too? Yes. Where like everyone is so like, Oh, it's a failure because I didn't end up in a relationship with this person. And it's like, no, why don't you give them as a chance as a friend? Cause there was clearly like something that made you want to like meet that person on a date. And like, I always joke that I'm like a serial friend dater. Alex is the first person <laughs> I wasn't friends with before I dated them. And yeah, but it's, I, I was laughing when you said fill out like all of the about me as much as you can, because I just remembered when I was on, I deleted dating apps years ago, like even before I met Alex, just I hated them. And like, I, I remember like intentionally kind of being an asshole on my answers because I was like, I know I get sarcastic and I don't want anyone to swipe on me if they don't expect me to be sarcastic. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a really cool advice. Yeah. Like make it about the other person. Cause that's a sales thing too. Totally. <laughs> You're selling yeah. yourself a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, something else is like, even if you don't end up dating that person, what if they have a really cool friend group and there's someone in that friend group that you could date? Right. Like there's no rules to this thing. If you go hang out with someone and it's like, Hey, we're both cool, but we're clearly, there's just no chemistry. Mm -hmm. But do you want to like hang out with our, do you want to like introduce me to your friend group and vice versa? Yeah. You never know. They might have like a cute single friend. (laughs) All those exes try to hook them up with. All the time. That's so funny. funny. (laughs) Well, because they know he's a good guy, right? So they're like, Hey, this is, this, this would be perfect for you. So I can personally vet. <laughs> That's cool. See, you know what's funny about it, the the conversation is you you have this you have this uh 
this guard usually about yourself when it comes to just like how you perceive yourself in the professional world but when it comes to relationships a lot of times people can be very vulnerable and they don't know how to lead with that right because they look at it as a weakness or not you know like if i have these thoughts if i'm insecure like i don't know what to really believe and it it kind of goes along with health as, as well and so going back to the whole like male female deal like most people as a patient will tell you everything that's going on with them you just have to ask the right questions so like in relationships i've been taught as a practitioner to basically say so what's wrong like what's going on and then you eventually get all the answers the more and more you talk about it biggest thing for me has been communication so this will happen a woman will come in and uh will say all right i have all these problems but most biggest thing is i'm tired all the time can you help me i'm like cool all right well tell me why you're tired and it starts coming out blah blah Five minutes turns into 10 minutes and I have her whole life story. I know everything about her parents. I know everything about her kids. I know everything about her husband. Because she'll be like, you need to see my husband. Tell me everything about her husband. Like without even just batting an eye. And she's like, I'm going to bring him in here. Husband comes in. And like, I don't know what he's been told, right? Because I know everything. And he sits there and he's like, he's kind of staring. It's that awkward silence. And I'm like, so what brings in today? He's like, oh, my wife told me to come here. I'm like, all right, so what is, what's the deal? Like, what, what can I help you with? I don't know. She told me I need energy and my mood sucks. <laughs> but I know why his mood sucks. I know he, this guy has like low testosterone, low sex drive. He's stressed all the time because he's running a business and he's tired in the weekend. He doesn't want to take his wife out because he's tired. Like, he's like, I want to just home, sit home and relax. He won't tell me that. Yeah. He doesn't feel comfortable enough to tell me that because he feels on top of all that, he's depressed really is the biggest thing. He feels like a failure. For whatever reason, because other things aren't working out. His partners are doing this and all that. And it's just like, all right, you're not. But if you were to tell me that from the beginning, like, we could get you better a lot quicker. And just, the, like, even establishing a relationship with someone, you have to build, like, an initial trust. Mm-hmm. Right? And you have to basically give off that energy vibe to someone that you're like, I'm welcoming. All right? I accept you for who you are. There's no judgment here. And... Regardless of whether you're male or female, regardless of whether you're starting a relationship, you're continuing a relationship, there has to be this trust factor, right? Totally. And, and, and you're just like, look, I'm honest, I'm upfront, you write everything down, I'm a sarcastic person, you say I'm the most adventurous person in the world, one person say, I don't want to have kids. Like, that's completely fine. I mean, I've seen a lot of people lately say, like, I'm a 40-year-old woman and I'm proving to the world why I don't want to have kids. I'm like, that's a relationship with yourself. A person doesn't want to have kids has to have a relationship with themselves. And most people can't have relationships with other people because they don't even figure themselves out. So it's cool to hear about your mentality is because you're like, you're not going to be better to the other person unless you take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. Are there like certain tools that you okay. use to like help? Because you said the first stage of your dating uh, coaching is <laughs> Baldo's blocking us. <laughs> the first stage of your, and he's very quiet. <laughs> um, uh, the first stage of your uh, dating coaching is like self work, and then the second one is like attraction, right? Like yeah, how to strategy. how to. So like how how do you start? that with people like what what are some tools like if you feel comfortable sharing what are some tools that you coach on how to communicate and establish that trust and give that open vibe yeah so i send people assessments that i've curated um we do attachment styles which are very important we do love languages we do strengths um we do apology languages as well yeah. I've never heard of that yeah. one. It's the same author as uh, Love Languages. Okay. Gary Chapman. And it's it's the same concept. It's like just, just how people like to be spoken to a certain spoken to a certain way in terms of like how they like to receive love. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for apologies. If you are giving an apology to someone in a language that's not their own, it's not going to land. Yeah. And so you actually will annoy people if, like, for example, if you're the type of person who only needs a simple I'm sorry that's genuine, Mm -hmm. and then you have this person who's, like, begging you for forgiveness and, like, adding all these, like, paragraphs to their apology, it's like, dude, stop. Yeah. Like, just just tell me I'm sorry. That's good enough. Right. And vice versa. If you're the type who just thinks that I'm saying I'm sorry is enough and the other person's, like, still waiting for an explanation, like, how you're going to do different next time, for example. Right. Then it won't land either. So I also teach that. 
And once we have these assessments, I'm able to then pretty much like reflect them back to themselves. Like here are your strengths. Um, I don't really believe in weaknesses. I just believe in more developed and less developed strengths. So here, here are the strengths that are more developed in your personality. It might be because of the job that you have or the lifestyle that you're leading. You're just not really using these lower strengths. Um, so then the question becomes like, how can you leverage the lower strengths using the ones that you have on top? And we talk about that as it relates to attracting like a relationship. We also talk about their attachment style. I explain to them if they don't already know what that means. It's all about like your earlier relationships in life with your primary caretakers and how that influences how you show up as an adult. So we talk about that. We talk about their love languages. We talk about how to look for a partner who speaks their love languages. And then we talk about apology languages and how they can use that to like really stay on the same page with the other person. And once they see all these, it's really cool because they start to have a lot of aha moments and they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 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 that clicks. And then we start to rewind to past relationships and we start to like, you know, they start to see like, oh, well, she was very avoidant and I was very uh, preoccupied. Uh, That's probably why it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Or like she did not know how to give a real compliment, like a good compliment. And my love language is words of affirmation. No wonder I went two years without getting a compliment. No wonder I felt like I was not validated. Right. So they start to like see themselves in a full picture. And something that I always tell them is that these aren't meant to box you in Mm -hmm. because they can change over time, but it's just meant to give you a starting point so that you know where you're going. So that's so funny. And like tied back into the communication stuff. Like once I, cause I knew about the love languages. I need to look into the apology apology languages. That's cool. Super cool. Um, but Like after learning about communication styles, I realized like, oh, like this is why like guys like to just be told, hey, I want these things. And so like it's it was so easy for me to just be like, hey, by the way, boyfriend, like these are the things that I need from you, like especially love language wise. Like I love words of affirmation and acts of service. So it's like I you know, and as soon as he learned that he like integrated it right away it was like just give me a thing to do so like that's a great combination of like here's how you talk to the opposite gender and like this is how you commute like these are the things that you need so like learn about yourself and then communicate it properly so that you feel fulfilled that's really cool not all guys would integrate though that's true (laughs) (laughs) so that's great yeah yeah taking being able to take feedback is so essential yeah and really for both genders for both genders i feel like women are so used to dishing it out and not very used to receiving, receiving it. it yeah <laughs> I- hello there vitamizers i hope you're enjoying the show wanted to drop in really quickly and share what our july sales special is for this month only when you're listening to the podcast in july 2020 you can get 20% off any subscription for the life of the subscription when you choose an item to subscribe to on the MSW Nutrition website. That means if you go to our website and choose whatever products you would like to get on a recurring basis without having to come to the store and reorder it month to month, we just auto ship it to you every single month or whatever it is that works best for you. You choose your timeline. You get 20% off each of those purchases for the lifetime that you keep that subscription active when you start it this month. So if you've been eyeing one of those products or you've been using one for a while and you want to get a great discount on it for the life of your subscription, go ahead and go to MSW Nutrition's store right now. That link is in our podcast description and subscribe to whatever products you would like and we'll honor this discount code for the life that you keep that subscription active. Thank you so much for listening to the How Do You Health podcast and here we are back to the show. I I, try, I I like to keep the feedback conversation open. Yeah. So I, I don't think it ever ends. Totally. Like after every argument, after every even like seemingly perfect week, mm-hmm. I still like to ask, I'm like, what's something that you think I could like, you know, work on? Or like, what's something that you need from me that maybe I've overlooked? Yeah. So I just love having that like feedback conversation open. Well, I was going to ask like, if you have, a, if you're a relationship relationship coach, then essentially you're going to be validated that the relationship continues with you and the client, maybe because then that means that they're implementing what you're talking about and it's working. So even if they meet someone, then it's like, well, let's continue nurturing yourself so you can improve relationship. So like, do you have a lot of clients that you basically said, all right, I walked them through this, they found a relationship, now like they're married. Even? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've only been doing this full time for four months. 
Um, but I've been doing it collectively for a year. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any clients who are married yet, but I do have clients who are still in the relationships that they got in with my help. Yeah. And not, and something else is not, not every client wants to get married. Like I had a client who wanted to be in open relationships. She wanted to be in an open relationship and she wanted to learn how to attract someone who was going to be comfortable with that. And she also wanted my help transitioning her monogamous relationship into a more open relationship. So it's important to note that like we're, it's 2020 and not, not everyone's after like the end goal marriage, but, uh, every client who is after that is now still in a relationship that's headed in that direction. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> it is really cool. Awesome. Well, do you have anything, sir? No. Uh, no. You've been so quiet. I don't about, so I just, I'll just stay You away. can still ask. Well, you guys were, I want to, Baldo is very good at talking about like um, visualization and stuff. And you guys were having a really yeah. cool conversation about that before we hit yeah. record. So I love to loop in on that. Um, I want to know from you, you said you were visualizing some stuff like business wise. So congratulations, by the way, on being full time and like hitting those goals. Like I want to know, like, did you use that as your tool when you first started this business or was that like a Mm -hmm. thing that you kind of integrated along the way? I think I integrated it along the way. I think when I first started out, I, I had so many more questions than I did answers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I don't think I fully utilize the power of manifestation when I started out because I had all, I had like a very old narrative about what entrepreneurship looks like. And I don't, it was like a culmination of things I pulled from different people. And again, like my parents were not fully supportive. Now they are. I was going to ask. Yeah, that <laughs> now they are. That's it's awesome. changed a lot. But at the time they weren't. So I had this narrative in my head of like, oh, I have to like struggle and like work hard and like sweat, blood and tears. And like, this just has to be such a hard mission. Right. Cause you always yeah. hear that like sweat, blood and cheers. So I was like, all right, I'm waiting for the sweat, blood and tears. <laughs> and so like I learned later on that there is a way to do this much smarter mm-hmm. and not, it doesn't have to be so hard. It can just be like very aligned action. Um, if I just pay attention to where people are struggling and I get really good at helping them with that. Cause I found that my female and my male clients pretty much struggle with the same things. I mean, you probably experienced this too. Like it, they might describe it differently, but they're trying to get to the same destination. Yep. And so like, once you learn how to get them to that destination, their story kind of becomes irrelevant. Like, obviously you still want to validate it because it's specific to them and it's, you know, personal to them and you want to speak their language, but you're essentially taking them through the same process. So once I like figured that out, I was like, cool, this can be like a lot easier. It doesn't have to be so like, it doesn't have to be so hard. I, 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 I just have to hear what people are saying. Um, and then I just have to relay back to them that I have the answers to help them. Yeah. And then it's a co-creation. Like it's, it's a, a process that we're doing together. And that's when I started integrating visualization. So very cool. Once I actually started like seeing that all the hard work wasn't really amounting to results and I was looking around me and I think this is why hiring a coach is so important. It's not about, it's not about utilizing their skill set. It's that's part of it. But I think a big part about hiring a coach is that you're hiring someone who has what you want and being around someone who has what you want, taking away from their, like just being around their energy shows you that it's possible and you start to see for yourself, okay, well, if, if she did it, like I, I can do it too. And so that was the, that was the biggest moment for me. It was hiring other coaches who had a business that they loved, that they weren't struggling so hard for. Once I saw that, I was like, okay, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. And then I started like relaxing a little more. And it's so funny that you said like utilizing their energy because uh, Jesse Elder is like a huge entrepreneur coach in town. And whenever he has a private client hire him, he literally calls it like they're renting my energy. They're renting your energy. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's it, really cool. Everything is energy. So if you're around someone who has a very high frequency, like, and you're in a tight knit space with them. Um, and they have all their attention on you. Like that's, that's what I think you're paying for. 
It was more than funny, anything like, else. We were even just talking about the drinks. Like when John was making a Slenderita beforehand, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to make myself one before I leave. I don't usually drink them till the afternoon, but they yeah. just taste so much better when I make them here. And Elsa goes, I am 100% certain it's because of the energy of this place. And one of you too. 100%. Yeah. I was telling like Allie, like <laughs> I have no doubt that they work, like that every single ingredient is intentional and that it does what it's supposed to. But when you make them, it always like, even my boyfriend said it last time. He was like, damn, that drink is like, it's very powerful. And I was like, I feel like it's also Baldo though. Yeah. It's not like we could buy the same ingredients and make it, but there's something about like you making it and putting your energy in it that I drink. Sure. That I, yeah. that I consume. I always say so. I squeeze a little bit of love in there. Yeah, it's true. I, I get that. I think it's. I think it's why we have something special here is because of the energy that you can bring. And I love, I love this cause I'm, I'm loving the idea that you look at someone as a coach as saying like you, you're taking their energy on because you surround yourself with people who want, you want to be, you want to be like, right. And you want to aspire and have mentors and people that you look up to and say, I'm always trying to improve. And this person's doing this, it's not necessarily it's competition, it's encouragement. And it's incredible that, a coaching aspect of it is labeled a coach because it's more of a guide. It's more of a it friend. Is. It's a colleague. Yeah. It's a peer. And it's almost like, you know, when you have a coffee date with someone and you're like, man, I just want to pick your brain about something real quick. You know, like I want to throw feedback back and forth. There are certain people that I have in this world that I have a meaningful conversation with and I won't talk to them for months. We pick up back where we left off and it's very different from a friendship. It's a very embedded thing where we understand each other and it's, you cut out the bullshit and just like, yeah. I need to talk to you about something really quick and I need your honest feedback. They give it to you and you're like, that's awesome. Or I need, I need, I have a problem and I'm not seeing the other side of it. Can you help me see the other side? That's when you basically open up to someone you trust about things like politics or religion, that kind of level. Convince me why Corona is bad for me, right? Let me hear your opinion about it. That's the kind of a mentor and a coach that you look for to where if you value their opinion, you're going to say that means something. Regardless of whether I agree with it or not, they're successful enough to where it worked for them in the past. Yeah. Right? And so they're offering some kind of guidance, which is incredible because a coach to me now is essentially the some of the most important people that you will meet in a lifetime. And if you look at getting deeper into the meaning of life and vibration and frequency, we have certain people that come into our life, going back to the established relationship, they come into your life for a reason. So if they meet, uh, you go to Tony Robbins seminar for a weekend and it changes your life to the point where now you come back and you revamp your business, you scale it. Unbelievable. All it was is I just said, the glass is, the glass is half full. It's not half empty. Have you thought about it that way? No, I have it. Now go think about it. You take these tools and implement it and just change the way you view your life and see if it just helps you feel better. I was gardening yesterday like I always do recently now. I, I was talking to my tomato plants. They weren't doing well. And I went You're down the line. I, I went and I started talking to them. I fed them water and then I gave them positive reinforcement. You're good tomato plants. I love you. I want to eat your tomatoes. So I would talk to him for like 30 seconds. Merrick comes, I come back. Merrick, what are you doing? She's like, are you smoking those leaves? Like, What's what are you doing over there? Because it was dark. It was at night. You know, because the kids went to bed. I went outside, went gardening and everything. I started talking to him. I was like, I was talking to my plants. Because I have read countless of science studies that say positive reinforcement helps plants grow. Yeah. That's science. What does that do to your mind and your heart? I mean, we've talked about that before with Baldo's mentioned that with the snowflake, the yeah. the water droplets turning to snowflakes. Like if you yell obscenities at them, they're really sharp and scary looking. And if you tell them that you love them, they're like these beautiful snowflake formations. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's same so thing with cool. plants. Like give them the exact same conditions. Tell one of them you hate it every day. Tell the other one you love it every day. And the other, like the love one is just beautiful and the hate one is kind of like wimpy and sad yeah well yeah. we have so you <laughs> can go back to plan, wimpy, right? wimpy and sad plans i know i would it's feel test, bad like abusing that <laughs> well and it's kind of weird to think about it but some of the most uh, biggest approaches and problems we have in health can be addressed by some of the most simplest things so think about this what you talk about the environment here this is like a tree house we have greenage and and plants all over the place and there breathes oxygen into us right which is a good energy to begin yeah. with we need plant energy we need solar energy so we have a heart yeah. and the lots sun and the lots of windows and trees yeah. 
it breathes life into us because I, I look at health as saying like, what are you doing mentally for yourself? Because if you can't take care of yourself mentally, you're no good to anyone, any relationship. I'm not a good practitioner. I'm not a good lover. I'm not a good brother. I mean, husband, father, whatever. And the relationship starts at like taking yourself out of a frequency that's not working yeah. for your life and bringing it up to a higher yep. level. And what's fascinating about this conversation is that you're you're not you're not a love coach, right? Like you're a, like your energy guidance for basically someone that just says, "I just want to improve my situation," right? I want to improve the people I'm surrounded with. Right. When we have lunch and learns, and I'm still going to hold this true because it will happen again one day when we have people that come in here and you have all these people that flock together, the relationships that build out of that extend across the world. That's what I was going to say when you mentioned the energy of this place, yeah. like a huge part of it is because of the amazing people that come in yeah. here. Like we have such a badass community yeah. of people that comes in really here. Do. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, like, so when you said you're not a love coach, I would say. Yes, I still am because I love the energy part and that's a huge part of what I do is like helping my clients higher their frequency, but there is also some strategy involved, right? And like I even use it for myself. Like we talked about like apology languages, like that is, that's a clear strategy. It's, it complements everything else, but how much more powerful it is, how much more powerful is it if you learn how to communicate with a new person that you're, you're getting to know um, in a way that's going to be very effective and in a way that's going to make you feel more comfortable about being vulnerable. Yep. So when we talk about vulnerable, like vulnerability needs safety. And in 2020, like vulnerability is harder than it used to be because dating now has a lot more question marks. It's no longer like, yeah, obviously we're going to get married. Like that's why we're dating. No, now you have to ask, like, is marriage in your future? Are kids in your future? Are you wanting a closed relationship or an open relationship? Um, you know what I mean? And so, being clear in what you want those answers to exactly, be too, right? Yeah. Exactly. And because of, like, all those question marks um, and, and also, like, conversations like, are we exclusive now? Like, uh, what's considered flirting? Like, is you DMing other girls something that I'm going to be, like, okay with? Or are we going to have to talk about it? So, like, there's so many more unknown factors in dating nowadays that yes obviously like hiring your frequency is a huge part of it but also having the strategies to like communicate about those things and figure out for yourself if that's what you want that's also a really really big part of it and that's something that I like that I really enjoy teaching people totally yeah and I loved your your point earlier about like um people because I think a lot of people in dating specifically like I would not consider myself a people pleaser outside of dating like I love to serve people and I love to help and I realize that like basically any of my stuff that I've done for work even I consider comedy a service of like helping people because people like to laugh so like anything I've ever done for work has been in service of people at some degree but um I realize like I don't I, I'm pretty good at like drawing lines professionally like drawing lines in other ways but like when it came to relationships for so long I would just like do anything for the other person even if it wasn't reciprocated so I think it's really cool that you can teach people how to be okay with that and say like no you do need to have lines and like hard nose and also know how to communicate with them like coming back to the gender thing totally. again like one of the biggest things I have learned is a man will say something kind of vaguely like, oh, like, I can't wait for you to meet my mom. And the girl in her head will go, oh, my God, he's planning on me meeting her mo yeah. his mom when he never put a date or a time on yeah. it. So therefore, in his head, it's not a plan. It's just a maybe. And on the flip side, like girls can, um, you know, like think these things about uh, about a man or like whatever and then they just don't communicate it effectively so he doesn't do it and then she gets upset and exactly. so like you, you like or she'll yeah. she'll say like i don't think i want this but he doesn't take that as a hard yeah i don't want it because you said i don't think i want it yeah and so like just john's laughing again but i'm just saying that because like as, at least from my perspective as someone who like was definitely the the partner pleaser like i just want to like do whatever it takes to like make you happy it, it's a very interesting thing that i think a lot of single people today go through of like well, I shouldn't be drawing lines because how would someone like me if I drew lines? Yeah. And <laughs> it's kind of the which opposite. Is, which is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I had a family member who said that she was older, obviously, and she was like, I've never fought with my husband. They've been married like 40 years. Mm -hmm. 
I asked my mom that. I said, is that true? She says, yeah, that's because she says yes to everything. <laughs> and I said, that's why they don't fight. And I was like, that's interesting. I mean, as a kid, I was kind of like, that's not right either. I'd be right? curious to see, like, what fight means, though, right? Because, like, for me, like, my I have never seen my parents raise their voices at each other, ever. But I have seen them disagree. They're just very good at communicating mm-hmm. it and, like, not letting it blow up into an angry fight. It's just, like, I disagree with you or, like, it might be a bicker or something like that. But there, there is, like, an, again, the parental influence thing, right, where it's, like, if you grew up watching your parents yell at each other, you probably end up doing that with your partner. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I had to unlearn that. Yeah. I think there's still a skill set to thinking about how you can calm yourself down in an emotional situation mm-hmm. and think clearly. Totally. So, like, I think how you check yourself because emo- one thing I've learned in business, you can't make emotional decisions. You just cannot. You have to – if somebody is critical of you and what you're doing or does not like you, it's not personal. It's just business. And emotional is different than gut decisions. It's different right? than gut decisions. Yeah, yeah because that that's a complete deal. Like, emotional means, like – something really horrible happened and we needed to make this call in order to save the company. Like that's doing almost like things that might compromise your ethics and your morals. Right. But like a gut decision means like, well, I thought about this critically Mm. and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I feel like this is probably the way to go. That's a whole different line of work. Right. Because it's still not like analytics based sometimes necessarily, but the gut one is like critical thinking, what feels right in my stomach, like all that stuff. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, you still But you still analyze, yeah. You still analyze, you still don't know, but you're still kind of cautious about it. But when you're emotional, when you do make emotional decisions, you make emotional arguments and statements and some things like are hurtful to the point where you might not mean it. But at the same time, it's like when you're in a fight, you say things because you're pissed. Right. And it's like there's no point of saying that. So like in business, I would never make business decisions based off I was pissed off at someone. Right. Because then you what you're going to fire someone because you don't like them. Like that doesn't that doesn't happen. Right. So I think it's even like being able to control your emotions. Like the the parent thing is, you know, fighting and yelling in front. That's that's one thing as well. But I think just checking your emotions, Mm -hmm. like learning how to like, okay, when I get riled up, like this is what I do to calm down. Or even getting ahead of that and not getting riled up in the first place. Could be. Because there's a process. Like, you, you don't just get riled up. There's there's always a thought that precedes the emotion. So if you can uh, check the thoughts that precede the emotion, then you don't even have to get riled up. I appreciate that because yeah. I've, I've noticed, like that this thought just popped into my head, but the people that generally are in here, like that are our friends and like their business owners around and they're in the mindful space to some degree, whatever aspect that might be. I can't imagine pretty much any of them actually having a shouting match with anyone because it seems like the more work you have done on yourself to become self-aware, the harder it is to actually set that trigger and piss you off truly. Like totally. you can feel very angry, but you're not actually going to like express it even exactly. half of the time. Like, I'm not going like, to let someone else take my joy away. Exactly. Yeah. And you're going to explore it before you express it. Right. Which is something that I think was missing, at least for me in younger years. I was directly jumping into expressing it without mm. any kind of like exploration. That's interesting. That's cool. The little checkpoint beforehand. It's like, should I? Yeah. Like, well, it's just like imagine someone says something like, mm, you go through all these thoughts in your head, like, do I get pissed about this? Exactly. <laughs> like, do I'm <laughs> exactly. gonna like, does this offend me in any way? Totally. The crazy thing about it is, even that frequency is like your rolodex of emotions. If your quick five emotions that you go to are happiness, blissfulness, sympathy, uh, maybe calm, and then zen, you will never get pissed because that's the initial thing that you react to. But if like fear is in one of those or guilt or shame is like all of a sudden something triggers something you didn't deal with when it hasn't like let go of, all of a sudden it comes out and this is what you're dealing with right now. The idea is that you had a person the other day that came in and was like, I feel like I should hug every black person right now. Mm-hmm. You know, for whatever statement that is, that's not saying anything more than he feels something for some reason that he needs, feels the need to go hug everyone, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like that. You see someone going through problems. You're just like, do you need a hug? Like, I don't know what else to do, so I'm just going to give you a hug. I feel like that needs help. People are always wanting they – want, they want to feel like they're safe. But a lot of times, like, feeling sad or upset is is still okay. It's just that if you're sad or, or upset, some people don't know how to handle that, right? And so then they go haywire, and it really gets to them, right? And being that centered self like Baldo and I, 
like have tried to be in business it's like all right just be level-headed right it's kind of down right now but like be positive that this is going to happen and the relationship that i've had with even baldo from one man to the next is my best friend it's incredible because i've had more deep conversations with him talking about like all kinds of things that i wouldn't talk about with anyone else but he sees me on my most vulnerable side just almost like in a sense where i'm like all right i can trust him in a sense that i know that we'll find an answer if we just talk this out so there's been times where even at the beginning stages because now it's been like three or four years into it now it's like all right cool we're a startup what's going to happen next week when this date rolls up and we're doing this his answer is like the answer is there yeah we will be fine just put in your head think about the feeling of when it already happens and when it does happen how do you feel visualize and manifest that so i would go home every night and manifest that while I try to ground and I try to and he comes back as like dude I meditated for like two hours I have kids so I can't do that right I got 20 minutes but for the 20 minutes while the kids are doing this blah blah blah, I'm just like focused like the answer's there everything will be okay today's a great day I would say that every single day like 10 20 times over today's a great day everything will be okay and then I had this number in my head of what we needed for finances like this is what we need if that was the dire thing, it's like, I don't know how we're going to get it, but we're going to do it. And so I would ask him when we first started, I was like, so when you have that number in your goal, do you have a plan? And he's like, sometimes, but other times most I just believe, know. but most yeah. of the time I don't, I just believe it. But I trust myself nice. that I will figure that out. Nice. And so that relationship made me say, okay, I'm going to feel like I can figure anything yeah. out, right? Anything pops up, I'm like, I can figure this out too. And so it's cool because the confidence, the frequency, all that, when it increases, I think I attract other people who kind of feel that. And then a lot of times they want to improve. And that's what that's why they're coming here for help, yeah. right? Like they come here, they're like, I want to be healthier. What do I do? And it's like, well, you just sit down, get an IV, right? Let's start talking, right? Communications here. I mean, we have... How many brilliant minds in here about health right now joining Katie us? Katie Yurko just walked in. She's Her podcast just dropped today, actually. That's right. Nice. So she's so. episode 115. Nice, nice. Go back and listen to that. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> so, awesome. How? So just call people like, hey, 115. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the, the, I know you're about to say something. I just wanted to point out that John made a really excellent point that I don't know if it was highlighted enough, but like all of those negative emotions, the, the anger, the sadness, all that stuff it really is rooted in fear and like even I would even say guilt and shame are a version of fear so like just being self-aware even enough like when you do feel those negative things come up to know like okay what is it that I'm scared of and maybe you are just scared of feeling shame around whatever it is again or you're scared of feeling guilty but like there's always there, it, fear really is just like in my opinion the lowest energy like yeah, and, and yeah and that like all of the negative stuff comes from that and yep. it just as, as soon as you feel those any sort of other negative versions of that like knowing that it's rooted in some sort of fear is a super helpful tool because you're like all right cool now i can just put a name to the fear and suddenly it's less there it's like turning the light on and there's no monster in the closet right you know there yeah there are survival emotions and uh they're they're what keep us from being divine essentially like they're just lower survival emotions um i like that though how long do you meditate usually 20 at least that's the goal. at least 20 minutes yeah. i got to a I point like where i was doing an hour i got to a point where i was doing an hour it was amazing like i had like moments of like lucid meditation sure. you know you know what i'm talking yeah. about it was very very interesting it's like a psychedelic trip sometimes. it's like a psychedelic trip it's like astral projection not that we know about that yeah <laughs> no. we, we imagine that it would be Never. like that <laughs> I feel like I can taste this drink, even though I'm not even drinking it. <laughs> I don't Baldo, know if it's the smell. It Baldo might be the smell. It, it's a strong smell. When Baldo makes it in the other room, yeah. like, I can taste it. I, I'm, like, I can I'm, taste it. I'm yeah. like, how do I taste it's it? It's awesome, right? Yeah. It's cool. It's pulling We're talking. Which one is that? Yeah. I think there's psychedelics in here right now. We are drugs. <laughs> the, the, uh, these are the, this is the Slenderita Complete. This is the, the booze, the, the magnesium, it's a citrus the glutamine, Yum. and the ketone. I've never had that one, I think. Oh, yeah. The citrus? The citrus had flavor. Had You've had that berry, the berry but the version. Berry. The berry version. Yeah. I'll make mine a citrus one because I like that flavor and I'll let you taste it. Okay, some cool. people don't like it, but okay, I, really, cool. I really love I the like citrus flavor. I like it with flavor. the ketones, though. Yeah. It just has a, I don't know, 
I'm dating myself here, but Orange Julius, uh, they're still in the, in the malls. They no, in, that's still Julius. a company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still, still a company. Thing. Yeah, I can it totally tastes like an orange creamsicle. Juice that's that's what it is. It's an orange creamsicle. Okay. And that's, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Orange Julius's were. Yeah, yeah nice. So. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's our sale for this month, actually, is getting stuff for all of that to make the complete. Well, that's right. Yeah. Well, do we have, uh, I feel like we, we talked about a lot of good stuff today. Is there yeah. anything else you'd like to announce or cover on here before we close it out? Um, I have a free Facebook group to join for anyone who's interested. It's called Down to Mingle. And it's just a really cool opportunity to meet other mindful single people in the community. So awesome. even if you're not in Austin, we have some people who are outside Austin. But for the most part, it is in Austin. So definitely if you're an Austin listener... Uh, down to mingle cool. on Facebook. We'll link to that in our description yeah. as well as all of our socials. Where else can they find you? What are your socials? Instagram, Elsa Morick. That's M-O-R-E-C-K. And then my website, elsamorick.com. Awesome. Well, we loved having you on the show. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun as always. This IV is getting more comfortable by the, <laughs> by the minute. <laughs> awesome. Thank thanks. you, guys. Yeah.